0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Kingdom Keys, where we bring you the keys to a Chiefs victory this coming Sunday this Sunday, we got the Houston Texans that the Chiefs are going to be taking on after coming off a, a, a narrow victory in a much tighter game than most people expected against the Denver Broncos. Uh, I'm Maurice Elston, one of your hosts here. We got Nate Christensen here with us as well as Price Carter, all from Arrowhead Pride. So we're we going we gonna to jump right into this. Um, Nat Price, give us an update real quick. I know you've been looking at some of the injury reports for this coming week. What we have so far?
0: Sure. So uh, our very own Pete Sweeney tweeted out just about an hour ago it appears everyone on the roster is practicing again today, except for Chris Jones, who is not present at practice. However, I did see that he is speaking to the media later today. So I guess it might be a vet rest day or something there. Um, notable, Patrick Mahomes has been wearing a wrap on his right hand the last couple of days. He's also been listed as a full participant. So clearly not a huge issue there, but also the right hand of Patrick Mahomes like holds the fate of Kansas City on it, right? Um, on the other side of the coin, Aaron Wilson who is a Texans reporter, listed the injuries off for the Texans. This is actually kind of a good jumping off point for us here. The injuries to the Texans are significant. Not practicing today, Derek Stingley, their top uh, top pick rookie corner, Steven Nelson, former chief, Nico Collins, Damian Perius, and Justin McRae, and also uh, Brandon Cooks was not out practicing as well. So, I mean, guys, I know we sat here and we wring our hands over the the, the Broncos and how it should have not been close and it was, but it feels like the Texans might even have less to offer than the Broncos did, especially with how many of those playmakers are out for the Texans. I mean, Brandon Cooks was their best wide receiver. Nico Collins made some plays in the game last week against the Cowboys. Damian Pierce is their lead rusher and it's not close. Um, the next, they don't have another rusher on their, on their team on the roster that has over hundred yards rushing this season besides Damian Pierce. And if you're thinking, oh, Eno Benjamin's there, I claimed him in fantasy and started him one week. Nope, they cut him, and he went to the Saints. So you're looking at a full usage of Rex Burkhead this weekend, which might give Chiefs fans nightmares from the AFC Championship.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that that's a pretty extensive injury report there for the Texans, who already have had their share of struggles with their main squad in there. So we shall see. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more clarity on what's going on with Chris Jones. Um, Hopefully he'll be in there this Sunday for us Um. So, that's that let's let's jump into some keys this week. We'll start with you, Nate. what do you What do you feel like is the key to victory for the Chiefs this coming Sunday? Yeah, my key's
2: not necessarily focused on this game as much as it is kind of preparing for the stretch run here. It's my belief that if the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl this year, one of the reasons why is we're going to look back and say three, four, five rookies, some small amount, are going to be big contributors in the playoffs. And I think for the most part, we've been, uh, you know, had a pretty decent rookie class. Um, I wouldn't say it's been outstanding, but I don't think there's been anyone that's like alarmingly like an issue or anything like that. But it, it does kind of feel like outside of Trent McDuffie recently, like we haven't quite seen like a bunch of rookies like step up and Pacheco too, Isaiah Pacheco would fit that category. But, I you know, this is a good week. I'm going to guess we'll get there, but. I don't know if this game's going to be particularly close. So this might be a good week to kind of get the young guys going, maybe get the rookies a lot of snaps. Let's kind of build them up and towards this stretch right here, because if this team's going to beat Cincinnati, if they're going to beat Buffalo, you know, after losing the first time, it's probably because a couple of rookies took big leaps over the course of the season. Otherwise, it might be hard for them to win. But that's kind of, to me, it'll obviously be Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, all the stars but for the Chiefs to really secure that spot they're going to need some rookies. This is a young team to step up. And you know, we can kind of talk about maybe some guys who could be that, but I do think this is a week that's a starting point for a stretch run for a few of these rookies to step up and kind of become major contributors on this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, to your point, right? That this has always been the story of the Chiefs this year. They are going to rely on rookies, and this rookie class has in some ways overachieved and some ways underachieved what we had hoped for. I think it's a little bottom heavy right now, like Isaiah Pacheco is doing a lot of work for what you think of this draft class. Same with Joshua Williams and what they got from Galen Watson in the early part of the season. Um, I, you know, McDuffie so far has proven to be a good player and something that I've liked about the class so far is most of the picks have made sense in the context of what you've got. You know, some people do some hand rigging over George Pickens, over Sky Moore. Um, You know, I I think as with all these players, there's a lot left to be written about their time here. Um, McDuffie looks really good whenever you compare him to some of the uh, defensive backs who were taken right after him. Kairi Elam has been a healthy scratch sometimes for the Buffalo Bills. Andrew Booth placed on injured reserve. The priors on him were right there as well. So, um, you know, I, I do think that definitely one rookie that has been coming on strong here lately has been George Karloftis. Um, I believe he's had three sacks in the last three games. Now, one of them was Joe Burrow kind of inexplicably sliding down to the ground just to keep the clock running. But, hey, we'll take it. So, um, you know, to me, George Karloftis is the player that you feel like you're getting the least out of per the draft value. Um, Leo Chanel a little bit, too. But I think, you know, his role was always going to be a little bit more defined special teams, uh, heavy run sets, et cetera. But uh, to me, George Karloftis is the rookie that they really can stand to get more out of.
2: So I I have a question here. If let's say, you know, the Chiefs potentially make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. It doesn't have to be in order, but let's we don't have, we can all have the same ones. Who are like the three rookies that like we would say like they were big in the playoffs?
1: I will say if I if I'm saying if the Chiefs go to win the Super Bowl, these three rookies probably are going to be the ones that have to play a major part. Um I'm gonna go George Karloffis, because I think we're gonna have to pressure the quarterback if we're gonna if we're gonna make make a run. Um my next is going to be I kind of trust Trent over there, so I'm going to leave him out of this one. I'm going to say Joshua Williams on the other mm-hmm. side um, because re- re- receivers is going to be a big thing for any dominant offense that we come up against in, in, in the playoffs, um, probably outside of the Titans. Any other, any other group that we may face in the playoffs is going to have a, a probably a big-name receiver that we're going to have to do something about. So I think Josh, you know, Joshua Williams is going to be big, and then Isaiah Pacheco. I think him, you know, keeping up the running game, taking some pressure off Pat. And if we do get a lead, being able to grind out and keep that clock moving and keeping that other offense on the sideline, I, I, will, I will go with those three. So, Kalafis, Joshua Williams, and Isaiah Pacheco will be my, my picks.
0: Yeah, I think Maurice has the correct answer there. Um, you know, Trent McDuffie, you're expecting him to be the first-round corner to go against players. Joshua Williams is going to be the guy that is going to see those, you know, those wide receiver threes, those wide receiver twos. He's the person that is going to be counted on um, in, in key situations. He's going to be in charge of shutting down T. Higgins, Gabe Davis, guys that have killed the Chiefs in the playoffs in the, pa- in the past. Additionally, George Karloftis, right, he needs to win one-on-ones. That's what he's here for. Chris Jones is doing his job. Karloftis has got to be able to do his job. Um, and then, obviously, Isaiah Pacheco, he's now a player that the Chiefs are counting on. Like, I found myself in the Broncos game a little bit like, okay, Let's make sure that we, you know, aren't overusing him. Like careful of the usage here, because this is basically our horse, right? When you look at the path to the Chiefs Super Bowl, um, you're looking at T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill. And that's not even before you talk about the NFC with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Debo, Ayuk, you know, pick your players, right? Like that secondary is definitely the place that is going to have to step up the most. They're going to have to get their hand on on the ball as well. Like I think – I think that is one spot that you can look at the Chiefs in one or two ways. I know, Maurice, this leads into your key a little bit. But the Chiefs have really underachieved in taking the ball away. And unfortunately, overachieved in giving it away.
2: I agree with you guys. One name I'll just add on real quick. I think Brian Cook is, you know, we haven't really seen a ton out of Brian Cook this year. Just it's not that I don't think he's been bad. I just don't think we've seen like a lot of plays out of him. You know, I kind of go back to that Bills game last year. In the last like four minutes of that game. You know, actually, for the first, like, 50 minutes of the game, the teams are kind of pretty neutral. Like, they were running the ball. It kind of felt like they are being safe. Then the last, like, 10 minutes in overtime, everything just went wild. Like, it was just pass after pass after pass. So, you know, Brian Cook will have to probably be in a situation like that. I'm not saying Brian Cook has to be, like, a star or anything like that. But maybe he makes a play or two in the playoffs that these safeties won't make. And we're kind of looking back, like, that was, like, a big difference is that he wasn't, like, a problem over, like, what Daniel Sorensen was last year.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a place that the Chiefs are definitely needing better play, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Juan Thornhill has done himself zero favors with his return to KC, you know, with this being basically his walk year. So, I mean, if you told me that Brian Cook, like, part of the, like, we're sitting here popping champagne in February, he's like, boy, I mean, you know, whenever Brian Cook took over that role, we just never saw that. It's honestly a little reminiscent of, like, when um, Juan Thornhill went down originally, they started uh, flexing Dan Swartzen into the safety role. Obviously, had some big playoff moments, and then they also flexed Kendall Fuller, and they're at the safety position as well. So, um, you know, that was that was a part of their success. So, yeah, I think that's a great point. Brian Cook is flying a little under the radar.
1: Yeah, I absolutely I, that he was one I was kind of fighting to leave leave off there or or put in over over Pacheco because you know I think we get into some passing situations definitely if the Chiefs go up. With well, that third safety being on the field, you know, definitely is going to play play a position in there. So, yeah, I'm interested to see kind of what the what these rookies do because we down the stretch we got some, you know, what we quote unquote easy games, right? That we should where I think we can set some tones there with some of these young guys and really get them in there and they, and hopefully build their confidence up. That's that's what I just want to see. Like I feel like they got some confidence built but hopefully get it up to where they start playing aggressive and attack a little bit more on that ball when it's up there. So uh, Price, let's jump into you, man. Um, what, what do you think is going to be a key to, to, to a Chiefs victory this Sunday? So, yes, unfortunately, we
0: do actually have to talk about the Houston Texans here for a little bit. Um, so when it comes to the Texans, right, you think about Lovey Smith, you think about the places he's been and some of the schemes that he's run. He has always been a static defense guy from his time in Chicago, um, in Tampa as well he is not a he's not a blitz heavy rush heavy type of person. He's going to let his defensive back sit there, let the ball come to them, flood the zones. Uh, they play some of the heaviest zone rates in the NFL. Um, I found this statistic interesting. Um, the Texans have allowed only 11 touchdown passes in the red zone this year. Um that's the or not even the red zone, just period. 11 touchdown passes period. That's the fewest in the league. Only the 49ers, Bengals, Jets and Broncos have allowed more or lead or this a little bit more. They've allowed 12. So um, they're eighth in yards per attempt in the passing game though. So it sounds like they really tighten up in the red zone, you know, use the end zone as their friend back there, the out of bounds line. Um, They are the 29th lowest blitz percentage in the league and they have a league average hurry rate of 22.6%. So basically they're not going to be sending extra blitzers. They are going to be sitting back in zone and try to win with four. Jerry Hughes is a guy that some Chiefs fans had circled to possibly come to Kansas City at the trade deadline. He's actually having a pretty good season. But if the offensive line can win and, um, you know, protect four, there's going to be a lot of spots in that soft zone for Juju smith schuster and Travis Kelsey. Those are the guys that um, I can see having a big part in this game. You know, last week, the Broncos blitzed Patrick Mahomes almost more than he has been in a long time. Uh, He completed 13 of 15 passes for 148 yards in that game and two touchdowns when he was blitzed. So. Mahomes still crushes the blitz, right? Um, the Texans, on the flip side, have allowed 17 rushing touchdowns, tied with the Browns for fourth most behind the Bears, who have 21, the Lions 19, and the Seahawks, who have 18, now 19 after uh, Thursday Night Football. So they're giving up about 4.8 r- r- rushes per yard, or rush yards per an attempt. That's the sixth highest in the league. So I think the blueprint's there, right? You're Kelsey and Juju in the uh, passing game, and then you're Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, and maybe even some Ronald Jones in the rushing game. Um, when it gets close, they're going to, they're, they're going to tighten up a little bit here. So, um, I think you go to those guys and you try to rush the ball in when you can, especially given that Stingley and, um, some of the other corners are injured as well for the Texans. I think the blueprint's right there in in front of the chiefs. They just got to be able to convert the red zone. And that's something we've talked about a lot with them. Hopefully Tony's back. Looks like Hardman's probably going to be one more week. Um, so yeah, I think attacking those soft zones are kind of a major key for the chiefs.
2: Yeah, you mentioned it. This should be a big Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster week. I mean, we've seen them this year be able to attack zone coverage. Uh, Juju's developed nice chemistry with Mahomes in terms of, like, finding windows. I've been really impressed. Which We we knew that was something he could do, but the fact that it developed so quickly has been uh, a nice development. Um, Like, I don't know. Obviously, you'll have Kelsey in your fantasy lineup, but if you're wavering on Juju, play him because there's a chance he gets 10 catches for 95 yards um you know we'll see touchdowns are kind of you know in the air but yeah this is definitely weak those two could definitely get going the chiefs are gonna have easy completions uh lovey smith's defense is tampa two still so there's a lot of space in the middle of the field um in between the seams stuff like that that's where those guys win so yeah i would expect those guys to have a big week
1: Yeah, definitely expecting them to have a big week. Um, I expect us to be a lot more efficient in the in the red zone, especially if a Tony or or Hartman does play. So I think that just, that just helps, you know, the offense and makes the defense have to be more accountable for some for some true speed, um, room for those jet sweeps and stuff and, and things like that. Because you know, I don't feel like uh, Scott Moore is good once he gets in space, but that speed to turn that corner, on those jet sweeps and stuff, he really doesn't doesn't possess that. I do expect the big game from Juju. Another person I expect to be maybe more involved is Noah Gray. Um, he's been coming, you know, up on the scene a little bit the last few weeks, um, making some big catches and showing some athleticism. Um, I think that's good for us, knowing that not knowing how many years we got left for Kelsey, to be able to see a tight end behind him come and show a little bit of capability. Not not, not near comparing Noah Gray to, to Travis Kelsey, right? There's only one Travis Kelsey, but I really think that we'll we'll, we'll find some holes in that in that, in that, in that defense, but I didn't know they was, they were doing that great against the pass. That, that's, that's a good stat to hear. I didn't know they were doing that well, but ironically doing that poor against the run. So hopefully we, we noticed that on the, on the, on the chief side of things and and Ron Pacheco.
0: Yeah. And I, some of the, some of the success they've had against the past, it's probably a little manufactured, right? If you're the Houston Texans or you're a team playing the Houston Texans, you're probably not going into the game thinking you need 30, right? Um, that's kind of, I think some of the flaws in the Chiefs defense is every team goes for fourth downs, third downs more often. They're trying to push the best playbook out there they can to keep pace with Patrick Mahomes. And also some of that's due to the uh, where the strength of their team is. Derek Stingley Jr., obviously very highly thought of prospect. They have a star in the making at safety in Jalen Petrie out of out of Baylor. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of Chiefs mock drafts that had him there as well. There are some playmakers there. Um, so it, it makes sense. There's, I mean, this team has been tra- uh, drafting at the top of the – draft board for a while now they're going to continue to there is talent on that team but to your point it's uh it's still developing in a long way
1: absolutely absolutely well to kind of jump into what my key is for the Chiefs victory I kind of went like Nate went I'm thinking of what can help us win this week but also kind of what can help the Chiefs look forward to success in these next you know four games in this playoff push and mine is simple I want to see the Chiefs limit the turnovers like limit the turnovers is the only reason that in my opinion that 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 Denver game was close was because we turned the ball over the only reason I don't even think now if we turn the ball over this game that it'd be close because the Texans don't you know have the defense that the Denver had defense Denver had a slow offense not that great of an offense but their defense was great Texans are bad on both sides of the ball if we're being honest at, at the end of the day so but if we could limit these turnovers, I, I was looking at, I think we even had a turnover for eight straight weeks in a row, eight straight weeks in a row of, of turnovers. We are currently, what, negative five in the turnover differential market. And then we, we Patrick Mahomes, I think, has double-digit interceptions now. So I, I want to see that limit. Like, like you said earlier, Price, we're doing a lot of giving the ball up, but vice versa, not doing a lot of taking the ball away. I want to see our, our our defensive backs. We talk about these young these young safeties and these young corners get their hands on some balls, right? Like let, let, let's face some let's force some turnovers. I think what Jerry Snead has what two interceptions. Uh, Joshua Williams has one, and Jalen Watson has one. I don't think our safeties have any at all. Thornhill might have one. I'm not I'm not totally sure that he might have one. I don't think Justin Reed has one. Cook doesn't have one. Of course, Truman Duffy doesn't have one. I, I would love this week, you know, coming up against the, the type of offense that we're going to be facing, that we get some takeaways. Um, and I want to see you in the interception realm more than like the forced fumble. We'll take anyone we can get. And I just want to see Pat not force anything. Go out there and play what he can play. This ain't a game where we have to force, go back to taking the check the check down and then send our other players, hold on and not fumble the ball. And, good special teams i just want to see a clean game but that starts with me for limiting the turnovers
2: so talk about turnover differential i just pulled it up here the third uh the chiefs are tied for 29th in the nfl in turnover differential the three teams worse are the los angeles rams the new orleans saints and the indianapolis colts all three of those teams would be picking in the top seven and obviously it hasn't jeopardized the chiefs or anything like that this year but yeah you you don't want to turn the ball over. Like, you know, in a playoff game, you only have eight possessions and you're going home or eight to 10 possessions. That's all you get. And if you turn the ball over once, twice, that can be the difference, especially with a defense that necessarily doesn't always hold strong after a turnover. So uh, I agree about, you know, getting turnovers too. Like you need a little bit of confidence going into the playoffs that you can do something. And the thing about Spagnolo's Steve Spagnolo's defense is like, it will bleed yards. They've been bad in the red zone for the most part in Spag's era. The way Spags' defense wins, for better or worse, are sacks and turnovers and negative plays. And I think the biggest issue with this defense this year has been they haven't generated enough negative plays to where, like all the yards and all the points they already potentially give up in the red zone, they they can't they can't capitalize on that. They can't steal possessions. But you know, you have four weeks here. This is a bad offense. Like they just don't have a lot of they just don't have a lot of talent. So force a few turnovers. Like have some confidence. You know. Going into next week, Seattle, Seattle's a pretty good offense, but then you have the Raiders and you have the Broncos, like you don't have, you know, these elite offenses over the next month. Let's force some turnovers. Let's go into the playoffs a little more confident because you can't afford to turn the ball over in the playoffs and not be able to capitalize defensively with the way we play defense. So yeah, let's get some interceptions. Let's punch the ball out. Let's. Let's generate some fumbles and turnovers.
0: Yeah. And I think both of you guys hit it right on the head. You know, I wrote about this this week. Um, Just is the turnover margin sustainable for the Chiefs? Um, It's kind of like you can't be bad with money and hate working overtime, right? Like it kind of be one or the other. You can't burn the candle at both ends. And the issue with the Chiefs is, is yeah, I mean, Mahomes double digit interceptions. He's also probably throwing the ball about as much as anybody in the league. Leads the league in passing yards and. He is asked to do more than almost any passer in the league right now. Um, Obviously, you would like less interceptions. You know, we had those years where we had about six and eight. Um, Some of that was due to games missed in 2019. But he has turned the ball over a little bit more. Teams seem to be a little bit more privy to where it's going. A lot of work right there is four turnovers from the special teams, right? You've got three Sky Moore fumbles, and then Jody Fortson had one in that Jaguars game that he coughed up to. That's a lot there. And ultimately, you know, if the Chiefs are going to turn the ball over this much, they just can't be as bad as they are at taking the ball away too, right? Uh, To your point, they're 27th in the league in interceptions and 29th in the league in fumble recovers. You operate on the philosophy that most fumbles are a 50-50 proposition, egg-shaped ball, weird things happen with it, right? Maybe the ball starts bouncing their way a little bit more. But you would think that just with the special teams, that would be a big step forward now that they have that cleared up, hopefully. So, um, yeah, I mean, all these are great points. This is how the Cowboys got dragged into to a game with the Texans last week. They turned the ball over four times. You know, earmuffs a little bit, but they muffed a punt and then had three interceptions. If that's if any of that sounds a little familiar, so uh, even a great team like the Cowboys Chiefs, you start adding those factors in. That's how a bad team gets into a game with the Chiefs.
1: Absolutely. So I do. I do. I want them to play a clean game. And that special teams um, thing is that's why I said all three phases. I really want to see them play a, a clean game because honestly. Despite our record, we 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 got something to shoot for in the number one seed, right? So we still got that that we're trying to attain, which which makes these games everyone a must win. That's kind of what I like because normally we we kind of be in cruise control by this time of the season. A lot of times where we just kind of cruising in the last two last year and this year, we're kind of fighting for that number one seed still. So every game is a must game. So they can't take the the, the Texans lightly this week. Can't take the 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 Seahawks lightly, Broncos or the Raiders because we hoping for uh the Chiefs are definitely hoping for a Buffalo loss somewhere in here, and then they got to continue to win and win out so we can get that first round by, which I really hope the Chiefs is able to sustain. So let's talk about this. What what do we think? We we know we got the Chiefs, a great team. Then we know we got the Texans, the worst team. So score predictions. How do how do y'all really think this is gonna play out this week? Price, I'll start with you. What what what, what you think is gonna play out like this week?
0: I think game plan, uh, game plan wise, this game looks a lot like the Cardinals game to open the season, right? Like there's kind of a lot of similarities between the both teams. You don't have a lot on offensive playmakers. The players, Kelsey and Juju had big games there, zone, etc. I think the big key difference is just the um, the Texans, they're going to roll over and die a little bit because they just don't have the ability to come back in a game. So as long as the Chiefs get up big, I, ex- I expect them to kind of sustain it a little bit more than they did it. It's kind of Patrick Mahomes was appearing to try to win MVP three times this season, um, in the Broncos game a little bit. Had some real highlight moments, had some real low light moments. So I, I expect the Chiefs to come in and handle their job. It would be great to just have a nice, comfortable game. Those are okay every once in a while. We don't have to, you know, be watching every last minute of the game holding our breath. So um I've got the Chiefs winning twenty-nine ten. You know, I, I think the big difference between this and the Cardinals game, going back to that parallel, it's just the Chiefs aren't going to be out to prove some point. In the Cardinals game, they were out to prove a point that, hey, we don't need Tyreek Hill anymore. And we still got the guy. And, I, I, you know, I expect a full reserved Andy Reid game here. Let's just get out healthy, take care of the ball, get on to Seattle. Um That, that game looks a lot better after the performance they put on against the Niners here. So, Yeah. Good things.
2: Yeah. uh, I just pulled a point differential here. You know, people are going to say like, well, the Broncos are bad and that was a close game that's true. But the Broncos point differential is negative 44. The Texans is negative one Oh three. So there's just a massive difference between these teams. You know, I didn't watch a lot of last week's Texans game versus Dallas, but that kind of felt like a kitchen sink game for them. Uh, Potentially, you know, it's a game in the state. So that's, for you know that could have been a reason why it was close. Dallas maybe didn't go full effort, but there, there's no way this game's going to be close with all the injuries the Texans have. They just there's nothing they can really do on either side of the ball here. I think the Chiefs will want to put out a better performance and finish a game this week than what they did last week. The Texans are by far the worst team in the league. I I had the Chiefs winning 37 to 9. I don't think this game's particularly close at any point. Um, I think we're going to see backups in the game, you know, in the fourth quarter. I, I just, I can't, I, I tend to not be negative, but I try and be as like, as fair as possible with like other teams coming in, but I just see absolutely no shot the Texans have of winning this game with all the injuries, with how their season's gone, with how even like last week they kind of blew that game. I just. I just don't think there's any chance they could keep this game close.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm in agreement there, Nate. Like I I really feel like the Chiefs are going to come out firing on all cylinders here. I think, like I said, this is gonna be a game where they try to perform well in all three phases. I I really I, I really gonna go a little bit higher. I think we put up 40 this week. And I don't think we put up 40 because we're necessarily like trying to, you know, Andy's calling the right plays and going for the big. I think Mahomes comes out early, gets about three, three touchdowns, three to four. I see defense or special teams probably scoring in some um, some way this week again. So I really think if, if I had to pick a score, I'm going to probably go 42-17. Um, 17 is kind of a stretch given the Texans. I just think, you know, Spags likes to when he go up, try to kind of go in that prevent style thing and may get us so, touched down late somewhere there just by because of the prevent style defense. But I definitely think the Chiefs come out and, and roll them. It's just – it's no it's no way that this game is close. And I think even if we do turn the ball over a couple of times and one thing we got differently than, than what the Cowboys probably have is, is you know, it's of course, Patrick Mahomes, that is just the ultimate of race eraser and mistakes for the most part. So 42 17, I, I think we put up a 40 ball this week.
0: And I mean, one thing just to reflect on, it was not three, four years ago that I, I, I believe three years ago, but the Chiefs were down 24 nothing to the Houston Texans in Arrowhead stadium. And taken one pick after Patrick Mahomes with Deshaun Watson. Um, This shouldn't be a political statement, but Deshaun Watson may be a bad person, um, question mark. Like I'm I'm pretty sure that that's a factual statement. The Chiefs didn't take Deshaun Watson. They took Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs have selected the right head coach in Andy Reid rather than what Bill O'Brien did to that organization as a general manager. Um, That was not that long ago. And look at where the Houston Texans are now. I'm not necessarily sure they're even trying to win games at this point. Um, Just, you know, I hate saying this because we want to be about the game and everything, but just be thankful you're here. You know, like those those opportunities can go away really, really quick. And they thought they had their Patrick Mahomes and they gave him a big deal. And look at where they are now. So things can change quickly. Character matters. The Chiefs made the right move at quarterback. You know they had an option of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, and they chose right.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think none of us are complaining about having Patrick Mahomes on our squad. I I, I said the other day, like I remember the bad years that we had in Kansas City, so I am definitely grateful for the good ones that we having right now. And I'm I'm gonna take joy in it. And we should hopefully have an easy game this week where we don't have to sit on the edge of our seats and wonder why the heck is this a battle when it when it shouldn't be. So I think we got a good. Yeah, so that's our keys um, to the kingdom, our kingdom keys this week. Tune in to to us next week. We'll have some more keys to victory, to achieve victory. Follow us on Twitter. Like, share, comment, uh, at Reese Nichols, at NateCH32, at Price Carter, and at Earlhead Pride. And we'll talk to y'all next week. Let's go, Chiefs.